This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Well, good morning, everybody, from once again, beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It's been a little hot here, actually, this weekend, up into 75, 80 degrees. But uh, the hummingbirds are starting to come out and whiz by my window, which is really awesome. So we have a Hanu today, my beloved, who's over in Ireland, and he's on the other end of the line over there. So say good morning, Ahanu. Well, good morning to everybody, and I am broadcasting from wet, damp, rainy Ireland, and it's not hot, (laughs) but having said that, that's what keeps the grass green and keeps the trees growing, and the the nice, fresh air is just absolutely wonderful, and I wish we could have a combination of that, that moisture and the warmth at the same time that you are having in San Diego. And I will be back in San Diego to be with you, Angel Rose, soon. <laughs> I know it's been a long four days. Yeah. But anyway, we have a wonderful, wonderful guest today. And I'm so excited to have her on because what she's going to be speaking to us about is truth that we really all need to hear and we really need to take on board so I'm delighted that she was available today to come on. So do you want to talk about her, Ahanu? Yes, absolutely. I, I'm very, very impressed with our guest today, Janice Barcelo. And she let us give out her, her website so that people can indeed look it up as we speak or during breaks, birthofanewearth.com. And there they'll be able to find out a lot about Janice. She is an independent childbirth educator specializing in the prevention and healing of birth trauma and she's also an international speaker a tv and radio host and she's founder of the birth of a new earth preparatory school for conscious procreation and we're we would usually go through a little bit of banter about our own work uh, angelos as you know but we're going to get stuck in straight away to hear what janice has to say because we're going to maximize every moment of this program to get her message out there She has been an independent childbirth educator for the past nine years, offering educational seminars and teacher trainings and courses designed specially for men. Now, what I find interesting about this particular call today, let's just alert everybody to the fact that this is technology that's going to benefit everybody. I'm on the call from Ireland, and as we know, Angel Rose is in San Diego, California, and our guest Janice Barcelo is from Hawaii, and here we are connecting across the airwaves to bring this very, very important message to our guests. She is dedicated to awakening all future parents to the importance of conscious procreation and to educating young adults about the power that we have to transform the earth by transforming the way that we give birth. And the journey towards parenthood is a shamanic initiation a doorway through which we may experience transcendent union with the divine. We, as humans, have the capacity to create ecstatic and orgasmic spiritual experiences during conception, gestation and childbirth. 
And I'm reading this from her website. And we do encourage people to go there, birthofanewearth.com, because Janice, she, the work she does at the various stages of childbirth is nothing short of astounding. And we're going to be hearing very, very shortly from her. But in order to reach the transcendent way of procreating, we must shift our focus away from the current trauma-based paradigm of haphazard conception and technological birth and make a commitment to conceive our children consciously and gestate birth and parent them in the most conscious and loving way. Conscious conception followed by a trauma-free gestation and a gentle, joyous birth allows all family members to have profound experiences of human love that can last a lifetime. What happens during conception Gestation and birth can either lay the foundation for the preservation of love in families forever or its opposite. And indeed, many of the people who we have helped and continue to help all around the world, they have their issues founded in those difficulties we we know during conception, gestation and birth. And some of them indeed coming from past lives. But Janice's commitment is to assisting humanity in attaining the fulfillment of human love and to providing future parents with the education, tools and nurturing environment necessary for the preparation and successful creation of conscious conception, trauma-free gestation and love-filled birth. So let's get Janice on the line without any further delay. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. Thank you so much. <laughs> I am Janice Barcello and thank you Janice, very much. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for reading that information that I wrote so many years ago. I'd forgotten what I'd written, but it's quite profound. You know, my my perspective is that childbirth should be the culmination and the fulfillment of human love. And the event of bringing forth a child is so critically important, you know, for the relationship between the man and the woman who have created the child, that it can either lay the foundation for their love to walk into eternity, or if the childbirth is traumatic, which it almost always is in the United States, uh, then it's likely that their relationship will break down over time. This is how critical the birth of our children is. And so... um, I want to stress that the birth of our children doesn't start, you know, when we're in labor. It starts when we are thinking about conceiving our children. We have to do preparatory work, you know, to prepare ourselves to bring forth life. And we have a situation on our planet right now that uh, children are coming in sort of as a side effect of people's fleshy indulgence. You know, people are bringing their bodies together to have a physically satisfying experience with little or no interest in bringing forth life. And so they're getting off on each other, and in comes a soul, and many times I would venture to say at least half of the babies that are coming in right now are not wanted. Their parents have not decided that they want them. And... Mm -hmm. Those children suffer enormously because they're gestated in wombs where they're not wanted. Very often they're gestated in wombs where the relationship of their parents is not loving, not supportive, not healthy, and not conducive to, um, you know, the extension of love into eternity. 
And so <laughs> children are suffering and children are altered. We are significantly altered as a species because um, our sexuality has been corrupted and our uh, procreative potential has been corrupted. It is so debased what we're doing right now and vulgar. And, of course, we're altered. There's no way that we can incarnate with the full potential that the Creator intended for us when our parents are so haphazard in the way they're bringing us through. That's quite a mouthful that I just said. <laughs> Tell us, though, go, go back a little bit in time and help us understand the origin of that. Like, why why did we become so so base and so carnal? What do you think the origins is of that attitude? I think that we are being manipulated um, at a very deep level in terms of being encouraged constantly to behave from carnal impulses. So I think there are dark forces that are in control of the major institutions in our society. That includes our educational system that's providing what they call sex education, and we should go into a conversation about how disgusting and debased that education is. We have a media system that's constantly projecting images at us of lust, basically, um, and a false notion of what human love really is. And so that's a real issue. We also have a structure what I'm going to call the social construction of gender, meaning that people are born with either a male or female uh, anatomy, but our our notions of masculine and feminine uh, are, they vary from culture to culture, and they change over time. And so they are not based in biology. Our idea of masculinity, for example, is totally socially constructed and is dehumanizing men on the deepest level imaginable. So I'm just going to give you a brief example of how the social construction of sexuality, of gender rather, is influencing the sexuality. So we're in a society where when I was in high school, the boys engaged in a competition with each other to see who could um, have sex with the most women. And by having sex, we're basically talking about how many uh, penises, how, ma- how many vaginas we can get our penis into. And the, the guy who can get his penis into the most vaginas wins in this homosocial competition. It's a competition between men to score points in a, in a fictitious masculine hierarchy that says to the young men, look, if you are willing to separate yourself from your emotional body, okay, you're not supposed to care about these women. You're supposed to use the women. And if you don't like the woman and you don't like the way she looks, it doesn't matter. Put a bag over her head. Do whatever you have to do. Get your penis in that vagina because once you do that, then you become masculine. And this is for real and this continues to go on. And so men, young men in particular, are being encouraged to separate themselves from their hearts 
and from their emotional body to score points in this homosocial competition with other men. And this gets taken to an extreme in situations like the Steubenville rape cases where all of these guys who are probably, from what I'm seeing, possessed by demonic entities are competing with each other to have sex with a woman who's unconscious, carrying her body from room to room, literally, and she's so drunk that she's totally not in her body. The body is like a corpse, and they're putting their penis in this body of a woman who's not in her body, who's not there to consent or to participate. And they're they're laughing about it and joking about it after they've been caught and arrested. They're mm-hmm. laughing about it on video, and these videos have been publicized all over YouTube. So these are some of the most grotesque expressions of what we consider masculine, and you'll have fathers of these very sick boys saying things like, my boy didn't do anything any red-blooded American didn't do. Okay, nice. so the father, yeah, the fathers are equally sick and are encouraging their sons to behave in this very debased way. And the chances for these boys to ever be able to access authentic human love are very slim because of the conditioning. How can we reach them? How do we change that? I mean, I have classes. I used to teach college, okay, and I spent 16 or 20 weeks, you know, talking to young people about the social construction of gender, about what we're being taught through pornography, about what we're being taught even through religion, You know, religion is extremely vulgar in its perception of the feminine and of women. Women are raped and used and, you know, women are manipulating all the time in the Bible. The the perception of the feminine is equally wounded. Um, And so we have to talk to young people at length about what is really happening and the way that they are being conditioned. And so I was a sociology teacher which means I got to take a look at all the social institutions in our society and learn and teach about how they're influencing our behavior and our psychology and now also about our capacity to experience human love. And so when you have a young man that's being conditioned to be attracted to women based on whether or not they're they're sexual objects, you know, women present themselves as sexual objects, right? They're, they'll dress themselves as very sexy and sexually appealing. And so the men are going to come toward them, but the men that come toward them are not going to be the ones that can meet them in the heart, you see? Yes. They're going to be the ones who want to have sex with these women because the women are showing up that way. I made this mistake for almost 45 years of my life, showing up as a Mm -hmm. sexual object and attracting man after man after man who wanted to have sex with me. But I didn't, you know, I didn't find uh, a a love that was enduring and that was authentic. Okay, what I found was sex. I found was Mm -hmm. very fleeting physical gratification. I mean fleeting because some of the sex that I had was followed by weeks and months of emotional pain. It was not love. Love is expanding. Love is supportive. Love is embracing and not painful. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Well, Janice, Janice, yes. can you can you talk to us then about what what normal healthy sexuality really is? Because you know, certainly the influence of pornography, uh, you know, has stretched through history. Uh, everything you're saying, you can easily see the programming in both men and women, especially in advertising. You know, it's, it's got to have a sexy woman with it to sell a product and on and on it goes. But I think people don't even know. When you talk about what is normal sex, you know, how do you have sex from the heart, you know, and become emotionally engaged in the whole creation process, people don't even know what you're talking about. It can't even register because of the programming, especially especially with men because, you know, they're taught that it's all about uh, creating and procreation and just like you say, you know, how much can you get and who cares who you use. But it seems to me that it is so deeply ingrained that we have really totally forgotten what a, a true sex act would be. So could you could you talk to us about that? Well, it's, it's going to seem so alien to people and so foreign you know, what my perception is of how a relationship should be and, and the reasons for which we should bring our body together. But the first thing I, I want to point out is that prior to bringing our bodies together, we should be making the decision that we want to bring forth life. And even that concept alone is going to send people into a tailspin because people are very addicted to their sexual pleasure. There's not a lot of things in what I perceive as this satanic infested reality that bring us pleasure. And so people are very attached to physical gratification. And so if I say to them, you need to rein it in, this is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life, is to rein in your sexual energy and hold it until you're ready to create life. And when you're ready to create life, when you have found a partner who can really meet you in the heart, who you, who especially for women, who you feel absolutely safe with, who are not womanizers, who are not going to cheat on you, who have the power to create a space of love in which you and your children can exist happily. Okay, when you have found that safety and that level of love from a partner, that is when a woman should be willing to to share her body with somebody. Women are, have very, very low values right now, in my opinion, and men have even lower values in terms of what they're doing. And when you're ready to create life, okay, don't do what everybody else is doing, meaning, okay, here we're going to just engage in an act of reproduction. We're going to reproduce ourselves, right, with all of our wounds and all of our unresolved pain and all of our trauma, and we're going to put ourselves into this this new person that comes onto the planet. And we're going to imagine that this person will never have a happy life. When in in reality, that person can never have a happy life because their parents haven't done the work to heal themselves and to prepare themselves to not just reproduce themselves, but to say to God, okay, say to the creator of love, I want to bring forth a being that will contribute to the fulfillment of the divine dream. I want to bring forth a being that will contribute to the fulfillment of love on earth, not just any being, right? I don't want to just like pull in some entity 
that I haven't given any okay. thought to about it. Okay, mm-hmm. parents need to spend time before they conceive their children, not only doing healing work to get them to get their trauma out of their nervous system, especially if they're born in hospitals. Okay, but they need to do some preparatory work in terms of imagining the kind of child they want to bring forth and making sure that they've created a space of love in which to conceive and gestate and birth their child. Okay, fathers in particular need to rid themselves of the influence of the dark forces, of the occult forces. Okay, so Mm -hmm. fathers... Here's something for men to consider, okay? Whatever you're thinking at the moment of conception, that information is going to be in your sperm. What you're thinking and what you're... And particularly what you're thinking about the woman that you're having sex with and what you're thinking about the sex that you're having. So if you're having sex with a woman and you've been doing a lot of pornographic, you know, watching pornography and you're visualizing some porn star in your mind as you're putting your penis in the vagina of a woman that you supposedly love, then guess what? That information is going to be in your sperm. And that information is going to go into the creation of a child. And any Mm -hmm. child that you produce is going to be influenced by those thought forms. Meaning, meaning that that child is going to have a very difficult time understanding authentic human love and is going to be programmed to move toward pornography. And Denise, what about, what about people who are, you know, older in the sense like they're beyond childbearing years, they're not going to have any more children, sex isn't about creating a baby. What about their sexuality? Well, what is sex about? Well, it is about is expressing love. Is, yeah. Well, they see love and sex are not the same thing, and that's extremely clear. We can see that everywhere we turn. Because people are having sex like crazy, and very few people, I mean, I would venture to say that the overwhelming majority of couples, these people think that they're in the wrong partnership. They think that they're with the wrong person. The sex might be great. But there's this this unconscious thought that that they're not with the right person and they continue to look for the right person. And so sex and love are not the same thing. And basically what what couples are doing is, you just said it, you you, you said it's love, but really what it is is a desire to have a physically satisfying experience. Right, you're right. Mm -hmm. There's no question. It's hard for people to see this. It's hard for people to admit this. It's hard for us to say, okay, we're using each other so that we can have a few minutes of physical gratification and we'll call it love and we'll call it love making. Mm-hmm. But I, I, would, I would say that what people are doing in the bedrooms today calling it love making is a mockery of love. Mm-hmm. Quite clearly a debasement of God. Right. Our sexuality, really, our sexuality has been so corrupted. Um, and so... There's a great set of books. I want to really recommend these books called the Ringing Cedars books. So Ringing Like a Bell, Ringing Cedars Like Trees, ringingcedars.com. I recommend people, you know, purchase these books 
and really let the information, there's nine books altogether, let the information sink in, especially the information about human sexuality and conscious conception. She says something, excuse me, really fascinating, that women are not supposed to have pain in childbirth. Right. Mm -hmm. That pain in childbirth is a direct result of an erroneous psychological approach to the creation of life. And so the first woman who experienced pain in childbirth was actually a woman who had shared her body with a man based on impulse, right, instead of a desire to co-create life. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that man, by the time the child was born, that man was already seeking to pleasure himself with another woman. And this woman who had created life with this man, all right, had had pain while she was giving birth and gave birth to a frail and sick child Yeah. that basically she threw away. Oh, my God. She was enraged with God, right, for the sickly child and for the pain that she experienced and for the fact that the man was seeking to pleasure himself with another woman. Mm. But Mm. it's not God's doing. You see, it's ours. Right, yes, yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if we have, we Yeah, we do. Okay, if we had if we had been willing to to separate ourselves from the cultural norms for just a minute and explore our relationship with creation and really seek to understand what the creator is asking of us and what the creator has in store for us, it would become so clear that what we are experiencing while we quote unquote have sex isn't even a millionth part of what the Creator has in store for us. Mm. So can you I mean, talk to us so about that, Janice? Can you talk to us about God Source's intention for creation? So I want people to observe the natural world. Okay, and I want you to notice that the natural world regenerates itself. We don't have to pay a lot of attention to whether or not the trees are going to bloom next year. You know, we don't have to pay a lot of attention to what's going on in the natural world because the Creator has created it in such a way that it will take care of itself. And on on the contrary, what human beings are doing is contributing to its destruction on a regular basis. But if we look at creation and we look at what humans are doing, okay, humans are paving over the natural world. There's pavement everywhere in New York City. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. and still, in between these cracks in the sidewalk comes life, mm-hmm. right? Life is always trying to burst forth. The Creator is always trying to give us everything that we need. Everything is in the natural world, All right? So, and the Creator is all about bringing forth life and the regeneration of life. And here are humans, right? Here are earthlings. And in my opinion, we, as the creator intended for us to be, the pinnacle of creation, the absolute extraordinary capacities that we should be expressing to co-create with the creator a, a divine planet, you know, a planet that is a flourishing garden, filled with happy families and filled with the fulfillment of human love. Mm 
That's what the Creator wants. That's what the Creator intended. And frankly, that's what we want. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, you know, in the core of our being, Mm -hmm. when we have connected with our souls, Mm -hmm. really what we're seeking is the fulfillment of human love and to live in love and to live on a planet that is beautiful. And our planet is beautiful. Dennis, you talk on your website a lot about discovery shock and the effect that that has on on a human being. Can you explain to our listeners what that is? Well, let me say this. (laughs) What just came into my mind, discovery shock is a form of prenatal trauma, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But we're also, I mean, discovery shock happens when we come into a dimension, okay, where all of this artificial stuff, what I'm going to call it's a satanic overlay of what's real. All this artificial stuff is existing over what is real, and we're supposed to find a way to function within this artificial world and to remain healthy and to remain in connection with the divine mind. We cannot because we are so separated. Our walls in our house are separating us from being able to communicate with the divine mind. They're separating us from being able to hear the sounds of the natural world. And then we have the weed whackers and the lawnmowers and the trucks and the planes and the trains and all the roar and clamor of the industrial, artificial, satanic-infested world that prevent us from communicating with the divine mind. And, of course, this causes us to be in shock. Yes. All right, but discovery Uh shock goes to a deeper level. When we're in wombs where our parents, let's say, were having sex because they just wanted to have a physical experience and they didn't want to create life, and six or eight weeks later the mother discovers that she's pregnant, and what she says is, oh, no, now what am I going to do? Maybe I should have an abortion. I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want this baby. Okay, and i got to tell you that every thought that the mother has, every word that she speaks, is communicated to the baby neurochemically. The yeah. baby is swimming in the mother's neurochemical experience. It has been sitting in the womb for six or eight weeks completely alone. Nobody has called that baby in. Nobody has welcomed that baby For six or eight weeks, that baby's been completely alone. And then Mm. the first time somebody sees it's there, it's a horrible experience. This is the the first relational imprint that the baby's going to have is discovery. I mean, it would be very different if parents were receiving their children consciously. Because that child would have a relationship with the parents before the parents even brought their bodies together. It would be a whole different experience for a child that's conceived consciously than for the 99.9% of the children on the planet today who are a side effect. Yes. And And many of whom are not wanted. And so discovery shock is very severe. Yes. How does that manifest itself on a person's life? Uh, How does it influence the rest of their lives? Well, let me say this. At six to eight weeks gestation, the lungs are forming. And so discovery shock often gets held in the lungs. And children can grow up with asthma, 
um, constant bronchitis or repetitive pneumonia. Uh, adults can smoke cigarettes. Okay, so smoking or smoking pot, having smoking addictions. Smoking addictions are basically a way of trying to suck back the pain. All right, the, the amount of pain that a fetus is experiencing in the womb is unbearable. It's too much for their system to process. And so it is held. It's held in the system. It's held somatically. It's held um, through sensation. And so as an adult, these memories try to make their way up into the conscious mind. All right, it can feel overwhelming to the system. So the system has a way of protecting itself. It will guide that person to start smoking or do some other kind of behavior to suck back the memories so as not to let them come up into the conscious mind, so as not to overwhelm the system. Right. Okay, right. but we're talking about people who have lung problems, lung cancer. Okay. Smoking addictions. These are yeah. uh, huge manifestations <clears throat> of discovery shock. Mm, right. Also, we right. see people repeating the relationship that their parents are in, that the parents were in at the time of their conception. I'm going to tell you how insidious this is, okay? So my parents conceived me as teenagers at a drive-in movie theater. Okay. Right? okay. In the back seat of a car. So neither one of them, of course, was interested to create life, and it was a massively bad scene when my mother realized that she was pregnant. Mm. Mm. And she cried when my grandmother told her she's going to have to marry my father because she right. didn't want to marry him. All right? Mm. But these imprints are so insidious that the first time I ever had sex, where do you think it was? In the back seat of her car. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. The system, the way that our systems operate is that we very often recreate the conditions of our early wounding. Yes. Because yes. we're trying to work it out. We're trying to create a happy ending and return the system to love. The insults to our, to our physical and genetic and neurological integrity are enormous. Enormous. Mm. So the system is always seeking to return the system to integrity, to bring the system back to love. And so what we do is we, we, we recreate the circumstances of our initial wounding. And we're not doing this because we're masochistic. I want people to understand that we're not trying to inflict harm on ourselves, even though we often do. We often re-traumatize ourselves. Yes. Let us just quickly remind our listeners that we're, we're speaking with Janice Barcelo, who's the uh, website is Jenny's Birth of. I'm sorry, that's just my my Irish way because there's we're familiar with that name in Ireland and that's the way it's pronounced. So forgive me if I if I slip back and and mispronounce it on you, but I will genuinely try hard to get it right for you. Birthofanewearth.com is where Janice Barcelo is has all her information, and she is an independent childbirth educator specializing in the prevention and healing of birth trauma. You're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series show every Saturday morning, and we're delighted to have 
you with us. Now, you raised some very, very important points there. We were talking about discovery shock. We're talking about that satanic control over the sexual act and so on. And you mentioned in the beginning about how it originates way back in our cultures and then how sex education in the schools is so very, very wrong. And I I asked you about what do you think we can do about that? Do you think that it's beyond reconciling at this point in time? Do you think it's it's just, it's, it's not possible to fix it? No, it's definitely not. not beyond reconciling, but we have to have the proper quote-unquote sex education. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I have I have created yeah. a curriculum, and that curriculum is so important for young people to be able to access before they have sex, ideally, and certainly before they make children. Mm. And when I lived on Maui, I'm in New York right now. I'm not on Maui. When I lived on Maui, I sent that curriculum to every single high school. Yes. And what happened? Yes. And do you know that there wasn't a school that would embrace that curriculum? I believe it. Instead, what they're doing is bringing in sex education um, that's been created by, by organizations like Planned Parenthood. And if people knew the roots of Planned Parenthood, okay, Planned Parenthood was created by a woman named Margaret Sanger, who is a Nazi and a eugenics uh, supporter. Big fan of eugenics. Eugenics is the the uh, sterilization, in some cases, of uh, black people or brown-skinned people or people that are inferior in their mm-hmm. minds mm-hmm. to those who are like the blue-eyed, blonde-haired yes. Aryan race. Yeah. That's what eugenics is. And that's the roots of Planned Parenthood, okay, was to kill babies who were created by people that are inferior. Her whole agenda was to stop inferior people from reproducing, and she has a whole perception of what inferior people are. Planned Parenthood is in, in high school classrooms handing out condoms, Okay, in effect, saying to young boys, here, have sex. It's very important that you have sex. We don't want to stop you from having sex. But what we do want to stop you from doing is actually giving a hoot about it. All right, put this condom on, young man, and as soon as you do, you will separate yourself. You'll create a wall of separation between you and your partner. Okay, and then what you're going to do is you're going to take your life-creating potential, all right, this sacred, profoundly powerful semen with your seed in it that has the potential to bring forth an amazing being of love. Mm -hmm. You're going to spit that life-creating potential out in the most vulgar way into a condom, and you're going to flush it in the toilet or throw it in the trash. Now, if you want to say up yours to the creator, if you want to tell the creator that I despise you and all of your life, That's one way to do it, life that you've created, then I've got a key to saying up yours to the creator. I can just spit my, my life creating potential out and toss it in the trash or flush it down the toilet. And Planned Parenthood is teaching them to do this. Yes. Yes. And we're going to call it sex education. Never are we ever going to mention human love in our sex education classes. 
Yeah. Never, ever are we going to mention the concept of conscious conception. Never are we going to talk about the pain that so many people are in because they've been gestated in wombs where they're not wanted. Never are we going to talk about the fact that Planned Parenthood is out there handing out the condoms with one hand and raking in millions, murdering babies. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about the process of abortion and what it means and what's happening on a deeper and spiritual and human level. I have to tell you that I have, excuse me, watched a video where you can literally hear the fetus screaming as it's being sucked out of the womb. I I don't want to present myself as somebody that's, you know, above all of what's happening in our society because, like I said, I presented myself as a sexual object until I was 45. Yeah. I misused my sexual energy big time in my life. Okay, I've also had an abortion. When I was younger, my husband had a low sperm count, and uh, we went for fertility treatments. Mm-hmm. And I want to stress that he had a low sperm count because he was adopted He had adoption trauma, and he had a lot of ambivalence about pregnancy and childbirth because of the loss of his mother through adoption, and it expressed itself as a low sperm count. But, okay, we don't know any of this at the time. I'm in my 20s. We don't understand why he has a low sperm count. We go and we take drugs, fertility drugs, and we go for fertility treatments. And my baby is severely deformed. We actually had a baby from this very vulgar technological a process mm. of creating life. And the baby was deformed because the, tech, the fertility drugs create severe deformities, mm-hmm. which I did not know. Okay, and in the fifth month of pregnancy, I discovered that I had a baby who had no stomach, uh, no skin on its stomach. Mm. And so its organs, my baby's organs were floating around in the sack. And he had an S-shaped spine, and I had to make the horrid decision of whether to give birth to a severely deformed child or to abort my child. Mm. And I chose to abort my child because I was in a culture where abortion is normalized, where abortion is actually encouraged. Mm. Had I known at that time what the suffering that my baby would endure through the abortion, I would have likely chosen to give birth to my child and to let my child die peacefully. Yes. But instead, in a late-stage abortion, what they do is they inject a saline solution into the amniotic sac, Mm. and the baby gulps it in, okay, and his little lungs are burned. From the inside out, his lungs begin to burn, and the outer layer of his skin is burnt. And so I gave birth to a baby that was burned to death inside my womb. I had no idea what I was doing. Most people don't. And it's time that people understand. Aborted human babies are ending up in vaccines. All right, vaccines have aborted human fetal tissue in it. Aborted human babies are ending up in uh, companies like Sonomics, Pepsi, and Campbell's Soup, and a variety, Doritos, these companies have hired Sonomics to do flavor-enhancing research, and they're doing it on aborted human fetal tissue. We're talking about a satanic-infested reality where aborted human babies are ending up in the most insane places and being injected 
when you inject the DNA of aborted, an aborted baby into a newly born baby, right? Newly born babies are receiving a hepatitis B vaccine. You're going to scramble the DNA of that baby, and it's purposeful. Yeah. It is intentional. And let me say that people who are having early-stage abortions, your baby is being pulled out of the womb limb from limb. Mm -hmm. You will mm -hmm. see little arms, little legs, a head pulled off. These babies are sentient beings. They are at the height of sensitivity in the womb. Yes. Even yes. though satanic science... And the medical profession will tell you that babies don't feel pain. I'm going to tell you that they are at the height of sensitivity, yes. that they feel more than we do. Remember yes. everything through sensation. You, you are very serious and, and animated about this, and I don't know how to ask the question I'm going to ask in, in the most sensitive way. So, you know, I ask our listeners to, and you to forgive me if I don't get this right, but I'm trying to understand... Because my background would tell me that we choose our lives and we choose our parents. So why do you think it, it would be possible that a, um, that a soul or a spirit would choose to come into a body, into this earth, and to experience that kind of birth trauma or that abortion? Am I, am I wrong in my thinking that they actually do choose this kind of a, a tragic ending? I do not think that you're correct. Okay. Um, okay. I, I do not believe what the mainstream is saying. Okay. For example, I don't believe that babies are choosing to be circumcised. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that they, you know, I think parents are making that choice to right. cut off the most sensitive part of their infant son's penis. Really, my perception is that, and I could be wrong, I don't know everything, and people have to find the truth themselves, okay? But yeah. I think we're in a matrix. Okay. I think okay. we've been in this matrix for many generations. It is a satanic matrix that keeps us locked and reincarnating through until we get conscious and are able upon death to consciously die and to consciously break out of the matrix. Otherwise, we're just spinning ourselves back in again and again and again. That's what it seems to me. And... People are born into this satanic matrix over and over again. If you, if you think that you're not in a satanic in, infested matrix, I want people to look at the overwhelming amount of suffering and torture that people are experiencing and that people are inflicting on each other and especially on animals. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. are eating the flesh of an imprisoned, tortured, mutilated soul that has been in agony its entire life and butchered in the most horrid way. And people are eating it and thinking it's normal. People are killing their babies yeah. and thinking it's normal. Folks, we got, you know, we got to, we're under such a severe form of mind control. And I didn't see it. I didn't see it until about eight years ago. What, what caused that wake up for you? Janice, tell us about that. It's a number of things, okay? Number one is I had so much birth trauma in my body that culminated in the, the stillbirth of my fifth pregnancy, my fifth, attempted, my fifth attempt to give birth to a healthy baby, and she was born dead. 
and she was rushed to a hospital because it was a home birth. And I watched them torture her for two months and two days, literally torture her in a neonatal intensive care unit with some of the most sadistic and violent protocols that you that I could ever dream up. Okay, these people have dreamed up <laughs> unbelievable ways to torture infants. And the reason that they're doing this is because they want to alter us. They, there's something called yeah. trauma-based mind control. Okay, if yeah. you can inflict enough trauma on a human being, you can not only alter their perception of reality, but you can alter their brain function, you can alter their entire neurology, you can in fact cause them to disassociate completely so that the soul is not inhabiting the body and the people become biological robots who are quite easily possessed by demonic entities. All right, so I watched them torture my baby. And something, I went into a severe post-traumatic stress, okay, and memories from past lives started coming into um, my, my brain, into my conscious awareness. They'd been there the whole time, but now the gates were open, okay? Somehow this severe trauma opened up gates. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I started remembering that I was a victim of a satanic cult, in another lifetime. And I know when I was born in this life, I knew when I was coming in that they were going to steal my cord blood, they were going to steal my placenta, and they were going to try to harness my soul, which they successfully did for 40-plus years. I I knew it as an incoming soul, what they were doing. I understood as an infant what they were doing. Mm. And then was exposed to so much trauma that, you know, my brain split, my psyche split. Oh, boy. And I disassociated. Oh I couldn't remember until I was in my 40s. Okay, so that was a major turning point, was the, the death and torture, the death and torture of my daughter, Anastasia. All right, and then I came across something called the template ceremonies. I invite people to go to the, to the, the templateorg.com. And I was very drawn to these ceremonies. I participated in these ceremonies, which are specifically geared toward reconnecting our circuitry to the original blueprint. In other words, activating dormant DNA, activating those parts of our neurology that have been totally short-circuited because of trauma, and reconnecting us with our potential as the creator planned for us, the original blueprint for our species prior to the modification of our species. Those ceremonies were extremely powerful, and it took me a number of years to integrate. I've only done six. There are eight. There are now eight. And I still have to do the last two. But those ceremonies will begin to uh, remove people from the matrix very rapidly and plug them into the divine uh, divine perception where they will begin to see what's really going nice. on. Okay? Nice. And this in combination with um, my healing of my birth trauma took me into a Japanese system of subtle energy medicine called Jinshin. J I N S H I N, which I practice daily on myself and I help other people okay. with Jinshin treatments. But Jinshin also reconnects us to our what they call intelligy, uh the blueprint which the Creator intended for us. Okay, yes. to get to connect us with our divine expression. So these are the things that I have found the most supportive 
in terms of being able to access the truth and to see what I do see now, which I didn't see yes. for most of my life. I'm 55. I'll be 55 in September. Oh, the same age as I am. Let us just take a very, very quick 30-second station break here because we want to get into all of the other things that you, you talk about in terms of the human sexuality, the father's role during conception, pregnancy, and birth, the teacher training that you do. And I also want you to give out those websites again to our listeners when we come back after this break. Sure. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Now we have a special guest in the studio, Janice Barcelo of Birth of a New Earth dot com Janice and uh, Angel Rose is with us from San Diego in California. Do you have any input at this point in time, Angel Rose, from what Janice, Janice is saying? I do. It, it hits home with me a lot because I've actually had my own experience of the satanic sexual possession. Um, you know, I, I've had you know entities come into my sex, and uh, I've seen them and watch the whole thing through through the medium of, of pornography and pornographic desire. So I'm aware, I, I used to call it implanting. You know, that's what it meant to me. But everything she's saying, I was certainly a child that was not wanted. And I have did have bronchitis every single year. Uh, I had pneumonia. I broke ribs, coughing so much until I was in my 30s when I actually started to journal about it and unravel some of the energy of it. But still, uh, my sister certainly died of um, a long ailment as well at, at 53 years old, and she was also not consciously wanted um, by my mother. And I, you know, I've struggled throughout my life with, you know, feeling rejected and insecure and, um you know, been used by men for sex and, and the whole thing. So yes. what I would really like to to talk about is here I am, I'm 59, and I wouldn't say that I've got that healed yet. I've come a long way with it, but um, I'm certainly, in terms of how I would express it, is the inability to actually feel real joy in your life or to trust joy or love. And um, therefore, you know, you're only experiencing life halfway because you're not really ever getting to uh, an experience where that whole life process, which I totally agree with what you're saying also, Janice, about that the creator, uh, in my opinion, wants to create paradises everywhere, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. So I, I, my my thoughts for you is how do you how do you heal such deep, uh, wounds that begin at the initial onset of your your life, and number two, this whole satanic uh, infiltration. If you could talk to us about, you know, what's their purpose? Is it just to keep us asleep and keep us slaves, so that we're not creators, or you know, what's the deal? Because obviously, with this whole uh, taking away of our our rights 
recently in the in the New World Order. That all is very satanic, at banning herbs and onslaughting our children with uh, poison through vaccines. Uh, you know, is obviously a huge campaign. So, could you talk to us about you know how do you be, begin um, healing the unwanted trauma? And um, you know, we have people. You know, because I'm somebody who goes into the Akashic Records all the time. I have people always writing me saying, I just feel this horrible sadness, this horrible sense of doom and gloom, like uh, something huge negative is about to happen. It's becoming increasingly stronger. So can you talk to us about those things? <clears throat> There's so much that you just said that, uh, wow, I just have to pause for a second and say, you have such a brilliant handle on it yourself, and um, what people see grief is also what gets held in the lungs grief, rejection, betrayal, abandonment these are the emotions of, of the lungs, right? This is mm-hmm. why energy medicine is so important for people to heal their prenatal life, their prenatal wounding, and their birth wounding, which we haven't even touched on in this talk because we're talking about something else that's very important. Um, so I recommend things like Jin Shin. See, because this is this pain is somatic, it's in the cells, okay, the solution and the healing has to come from a somatic uh, method. Okay, it's got to be body-oriented, the healing. Yes. Uh-huh. So... Energy medicine is very subtle, it's very profound, and it's it's really helpful. Okay, so Jinshin is one of them, cranial sacral therapy, emotional freedom technique, EFT, okay. Watsu therapy, W-A-T-S-U, is in the water. Very, very powerful. A lot of Watsu therapists are trained in prenatal trauma, for those of us that were not wanted, that have, you know, haunted womb shock or toxic womb, or we have there's so many forms of shock in the in the womb that I haven't talked about. If you think you had a bad womb experience or you were not wanted, Watsu therapy is amazing, really beautiful and very powerful. Um, there's also things to be careful of, like rebirthing, which involves using the breath, um, because rebirthing can bring these memories flooding very quickly into the conscious mind, which can overwhelm the system and re-traumatize the system. So we've got to be very careful. If you're going to do rebirthing, it's very useful to learn Jinshin self-care before you do rebirthing so that you can calm your nervous system down after a rebirthing session. So these are the things that I, I strongly recommend. I strongly recommend counseling if you... Go to my website, contact me at JaniceBarcello.com if you want counseling. I do Skype counseling. Um, Or find a birth trauma therapist in your area. Just Google wherever you are on the earth and see if there's a birth trauma therapist in your area. And there's very big names like William Emerson and uh, Ray Castellino and David Chamberlain. Right, these are big names in the healing of prenatal and birth trauma. So these people can help you. 
I would say if you suspect that you have prenatal or birth trauma, and if you were born in a hospital, you have birth trauma, whether you think you do or not, uh, <laughs> um, yes. do not have sex. Really, rein it in. This is what I had to do because, like you, okay, I was having sex, having sex, being used for having sex, uh, um, totally misusing my sexual energy and suffering, suffering emotionally on a very deep spiritual, psychic, and emotional level because I never did connect with love, with authentic human love that way. And so we have to be willing, if we have been in repetitive, painful relationships or abusive relationships or relationships that are not fulfilling and not enduring, rein it in in terms of your sexual energy until you are sure that you've done enough healing to attract authentic love. And do not settle. In my opinion, you should be able to look in somebody's face and see if there's love there. And if you see any lack of integrity in that face, don't go there. Do not get with that person. Do not betray yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, above all, in a relationship, we need safety. Mm -hmm. We need trust. Right. And if we really want to heal, okay, my opinion is this. Those of us who've been so damaged, okay, even if we're in our 50s, 60s, 70s, I still think that we can make a child when when the time is right and we have created what we need to create to bring forth an amazing child, that tremendous healing can come through the creation of a child in the right way. And I'm quite certain we, you know, just because we've stopped uh, bleeding doesn't mean that we can't drop an egg anytime we consciously choose. Right. That's interesting. And let me say that, yeah, well, it's all in the Bible, too, that people have babies at very late ages. And I just read right. a story about a 60-some-odd woman that gave birth. <clears throat> so I do think it's possible. I'm not saying it's for everybody. But something else, if you're not going to create um, a child, okay, but the creation of life. So if you have the resources or the means to access a piece of land, all right, that you, mm-hmm. upon which you can create a space of love, what you'd want to do is plant a family tree, okay, and that tree is symbolic of your love between you and your partner, and, of course, if you're going to plan to have a child, that tree is going to be planted for your child. And yeah. once your child is born in your space of love, on that property, right, where everything that you plant on that property is for the expansion of your love, right? You put love into the seeds that you plant. You put love into the trees, into the bushes, into everything that you plant. And you you ask, the, you, you know, in your relationship with the earth and these plants and with God, that your love be expanded, right, with each thing that grows, with each thing that blossoms into life, right, in that space and where the family tree is, you bury your child's placenta. Right. And that child, you know, that child has a very special place on the earth then where it can go to regenerate and to communicate with the divine mind. 
Because in that space of love, which the dark forces are always seeking to break our connection with the space of love. I mean, I think about what happened in Hawaii, and it's only been, what, 150 years since the dark forces, under the guise of the United States government, went there with their warships, okay, imprisoned the queen, and took over the government buildings and installed their own government, have totally stolen the land and removed the Hawaiian people from land that had been in their families for generations. The Hawaiian people had a space of love, okay, where they were conceived, where they were gestated, where they were birthed. They didn't give birth in hospitals. They were birthed in their space of love. And it is on that land, their family land, where they have a direct relationship with the creator, with the divine mind. And that enabled the Hawaiian people to have a very strong spiritual base and knowing prior to yes. the U.S. takeover. Okay, and now the Hawaiians are one of the most damaged, genocided races. I'm calling from Ireland, as you know, and we, we've suffered under the occupying forces also for many, many hundreds of years. So we understand what that feeling is like. And it is a, it is a difficult place to come back from. It is a difficult thing. You know, once your culture has been overtaken and once your, your beliefs have been exchanged for something else, it's very, very hard to return to those original grounding principles that you you that you were originally bred into so i can understand what the the hawaiian people feel and uh you know you you mentioned about uh, uh the, the 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 tree and i have to tell for the first time on the air our listeners that my first child born in love and with intention died on my birthday this is like nearly 30 years ago now but when you mentioned about the tree it brought it up for me to mention it i actually planted a tree for him and do you know that after he died within a few weeks the tree died and i had no way of explaining what that was all about would you have any insight into that wow yeah i'm sorry yeah. honey wow yeah it's it's profound, and I don't know. Mm. It was the strangest coincidence, you know, because in some ways I was looking forward to the tree continuing, at least, you know, in life as a memory in some way, you know. But that's not what happened. The tree also decided to exit also. It was very, very strange. Okay, let, let's let's use this last few minutes that we have. And uh, we want to find out about the whole hospital experience. I know you speak very vociferously against the trauma that happens in hospitals. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. I'm going to speak <clears throat> vociferously against hospital birth in general because if we want to give birth to a baby who is connected to the divine mind, that requires us to be as close to the natural world as is humanly possible because the sights and sounds of the natural world are God's creation. I'm talking about the real creator and not the imposter, mm -hmm. okay, that most mm -hmm. people are worshiping. And I could go into a whole show about that. <laughs> but let me say that. Yeah, we will have you back for that one, Janine. Okay. <laughs> let me say that um, as soon as a child is born in a technological setting, it's going to be altered. Yes. Yes. It's going to be imprinted with an alien imprint, okay? When you're born into a hospital, what do you see when you come out of the womb? 
Okay, typically you're right. going to come into a freezing cold, brightly mm-hmm. lit, you know, shocking environment where people are wearing masks and gowns because they've just engaged in a very satanic ritual and you're on the altar of childbirth on a satanic altar they they may have just cut you open and and taken your baby mm. okay and they've cut through seven energetic centers of your body and your baby comes out and is looking at these people wearing masks and gowns in a room that's filled with sharp and pointy instruments that are used to cut open women's bodies and to cut off baby body parts. Yeah. Not a good imprint. The sounds of the of the hospital setting, all the beep, 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 you know, all these technological sounds are going to confuse the child and totally alter the brain mm. and the nervous system. When you're blasting sound frequencies at a fetus in the womb through sonogram one, two, three, four, five times in one pregnancy. Okay, you're going to alter the neurological expression of that child. It is purposeful. When the Navy blasts sound frequencies into the ocean, dolphins and whales beach themselves with brain hemorrhages. It is altering. So hospitals, I'm going to say, are places of death. They are places of disease. They are places of extreme toxicity Mm. and trauma. What is wrong with us that we would think that that kind of an environment is the safest for our children? And the fact fact that we believe that is an indication of the level of mind control that we are under. No question about it. All right, if you are going to an OB while you're pregnant, one in three, one in three, you have a one in three chance that that, that doctor is going to make you be induced, and you're going to say okay to it. Induction means they're going to force the baby to come before the baby's ready, okay? And they're going to do all sorts of mean things to the baby when it's induced. I don't have enough time to go into this, but let me say they're going to use the drug Pitocin, mm-hmm. which is artificial oxytocin, Pitocin is going to create such intense contractions that it's going to put the baby in distress. And Mm. so, and they know this. There's even a procedure called pit to distress where the nurses are told to purposefully, you know, give that mother a high dose of Pitocin to purposefully put the baby in distress so that they can move more quickly to a C-section. And if you're induced, you have a 75% chance of C-section. C-section. So next time they're asking you to sign that consent form, <laughs> give them a wink and a nod and say, you know, I don't see anywhere on this form where you're telling me I have a 75% chance of C-section if I let you do this to me. And I don't see anything on this form where you're telling me that if I'm induced and you use Pitocin, my baby's going to go into distress because my uterus is going to turn into a trash compactor instead of a birth canal. Because Pitocin is very intense contractions. And there's no rest in between. In a natural birth, there's rest in between contractions. With Pitocin, no rest. And the mothers are raising their hand going, give me the epidural, give me the anesthesia, give me the pain relief, I can't take it. Right, Mm -hmm. so in comes the epidural now. (laughs) And I haven't even told you that Pitocin 
is artificial oxytocin, it's going to undermine the mother's ability to produce natural oxytocin, which means it's going to undermine the mother's ability to love her baby. And it's going to undermine the mother's, the mother's ability to produce breast milk. Wow. And it's even going to undermine her baby's abilities. Her baby's brain needs to activate at birth in the presence of the hormone oxytocin. And the baby's ability to, ex- to produce oxytocin and to experience love throughout its life is also going to be altered because of Pitocin. So ask them when they tell you they're going to use Pitocin where it is in the consent form that this yes. is going to happen to your baby and that this is going to happen to the relationship between you and your baby. How, how come that's not you know, in the I, I just have to interject here because it just occurred to me that uh, remember earlier I was saying that people were wanting to know what this horrible grief was that they're all feeling. And, you know, we did go into the records and Source did say that we are moving through this birth canal right now. And what's happening is all of people's unhealed, suppressed emotions is coming up and, and um, going out into the atmosphere, which is, of course, attracting entities. But I'm going to go further to say that it probably is the collective birth trauma since we're going through a birth canal as a co- you know in the cosmos you know as a race as a, as an earth that a lot of this grief is probably all that suppressed birth trauma that's coming mm-hmm. up. So I just mm-hmm. just had that realization just now. That makes sense. It's a very very good realization. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. So we will be rebirthed ideally into the arms of love. Yes. You know, and be able yes. to look in the eyes of love when we're born. Yes. And right. have, our, have our brain activate properly. And our neurology. You know, love is a very physiological experience. It involves all kinds of hormones and neurochemicals that allow for the body to experience extreme well-being and safety and rightness. You know, there's a human love is profound, and it is also profoundly physiological. And they are messing with it with every opportunity, even to the extent that because eye contact is a primary means by which we will experience human love, you know, that the neurochemicals of human love will be produced through eye contact. So what they do at birth is they put a bunch of gunk in the baby's eyes. Yeah, I remember that, yep. And they say, you know, it, it, burns, burns, it? it burns the yep. baby. The eyes all, you know, his eye skin is all red because the gunk burns. They say they're doing it so the baby doesn't get go blind. But, you know, we've been existing for many millions of years probably without going blind. And hospital birth is 75 years old. So they think that, you know, we really believe that this is going to help prevent our baby from going mm-hmm. blind. And we let them do it. And our baby can't make eye contact with us. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it, therefore, love cannot activate, you see. And our baby can't make skin-to-skin contact with us because they wrap the baby in a, neuro, in a blanket that's filled with, you know, toxic chemicals. And so the mother can't smell her baby. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, can you talk to us, too, because I'm only mentioning this because we are running out of time, but can you can you cover vaccines for us briefly, because of course, when we were younger, we we only had maybe four or five vaccines, but now it's an onslaught, and it's an obvious onslaught, not just for babies, but every time you go buy a Walgreens or we have flu, we have shingles, we have 
this vaccine and that vaccine. Can you can you tell what's what's the agenda behind that? What are they doing? They're doing several things. One of them is to make the body inhospitable to the soul. I told you earlier that they are injecting mm-hmm. aborted human fetal cells into us through vaccines for those who are allowing this to happen. And so they're scrambling our DNA, and many people are becoming autistic. They're scrambling the whole genetic, neurological expression of the human race. So in vaccines, we have um, ingredients like aspartame, MSG, aborted human fetal tissue, mercury, aluminum, formaldehyde, um, monkey kidney. You know how many animals have been tortured and mutilated that are being injected into us through vaccines? Monkey kidney, pig blood, um, cow serum, bovine fetal serum, caterpillar eggs. Um, there's insect DNA that they're injecting into us. I could go on. But if you want yeah. to scramble the human right. race, vaccines right. are a primary means by which you can do that. Of course, there's genetically modified foods. There's mercury in our right. dental fillings. There's fluoride in our drinking water. There's chemtrails being poured on us every day. They're harping us with these frequencies. I mean, it is extensive it is, what yes. they're doing to mm-hmm. us. And then we find mm-hmm. hospital birth and human sexuality in this picture. Yeah. yeah. Right. Of yeah. the complete alteration and degradation of the human race. Vaccines yeah. are so toxic and such poison, they don't work. Please visit my blog at birthofanewearth.blogspot.com and in the search engine, type vaccines, and please see for yourself. There's dozens of articles about not only don't they work, that the people who are getting, say, whooping cough are overwhelmingly vaccinated people. Yes. Slip in that other website too, Janice, about the ringing cedars and the the, the one you mentioned about the template.org. Uh, I've forgotten the name. Yes, please go to ringingcedars.com mm-hmm. to get the books. Everybody needs to read these books. They're going to make you want to throw every other book in the trash because there's so much truth and so much profound wisdom in those books. They're the most important books on the planet right now. If you want to know what a pristine human is capable of, those are the books to check out, okay? They're very powerful books. And also go to the templateorg.com for the template ceremonies. The templateorg.com. So the ceremonies are going to be happening in Glastonbury, England this month. They're coming to Maui, Hawaii in the, at the end of March, March 22 to 27. They're going to be in San Francisco I believe it's in April, but if you go to their website and it resonates for you and you look at their events, um, you'll see where the ceremonies are happening. And the ceremonies, see, the more people who do the ceremonies, the more quickly we can shift the whole morphogenetic grid. Yes. And that's the key. See, we have to be able to shift this, this um, electromagnetic grid so that people can perceive properly and can right. perceive what's really happening, yeah? Yeah. Janice, I've got a question, and I hope, you know, we hope we get one or two more questions in before we close. But you seem to be saying that really all illnesses that we have of one kind or another or birth defects or whatever it might be, 
that is, that the, the the birth, the conception, the gestation, and the delivery seem to be responsible for all of those. Is is that what you're saying? Let me say that in God's original program, there were no diseases of the flesh. Okay, so there were no mutations. Yep. Uh, there were no autistic children. There were no mutated human beings. Okay, if there's something wrong with the human being or an earthling, I'm going to call us earthlings. Yeah. That means because human has a very particular meaning, and I we're earthlings, and um, it means that evil has gotten in. Point. I mean, it's, through and through, that's what it means. Evil has gotten in somehow. Right. And yeah, with the word of, human. What's that? With, with what's the word human? You're saying. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to my radio show, Patrick Jordan was saying that the word human means that we are servants to um, some dark lord. <laughs> okay, so this is where we bring in the Anunnaki. You know, the humans are, gen- we are genetically modified earthlings. That's what we are. We're the only species uh-huh. that will destroy our host environment because something is wrong with us. Yes. Okay, that we're not right. the way the Creator intended. So humans are the genetically modified uh, earthlings. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. pristine earthlings, the pristine mm-hmm. beings that the Creator created, we are exquisite and we have the potential to connect with that blueprint. Because all genetically modified things will revert back to the original program in time. The mm-hmm. dark yes. cannot win. So the resolution of these issues, Janice, the, the, the fixing of this, you know, when, when you talk about the, the, how we're genetically modified and so on, if we were to use the, the Japanese energy treatment that you mentioned, Jinshin and Watsu therapy, are, do you think that they would do the full resolution of these traumas for us? I think they're going to support the process of integration, you know, of all these wounds. Okay. They'll help move the wounds out of the nervous system, and we're going we're gonna to need divine intervention as well. Okay. You know, things like the template ceremonies. Yes. That's divine intervention, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Even okay. accessing Jinshin okay. or Watsu is divine intervention. People will mm-hmm. be led. I invite people to open their eyes to what they're presented with in terms of healing modalities and follow your gut instincts because divinity is leading you toward the reclamation of your divine blueprint. That's right. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. So need, That's what I've been told as well. Mm-hmm. We need help from yeah. God. There's no question about it. We do. And we've okay. got to be careful about what we believe is God. Because if you look at yeah, the... Yeah, tell us about that, would you? <laughs> <laughs> the God of the Bible, okay, mm-hmm. is um, an imposter. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind because... That God is such a vile, angry, hostile, jealous, vengeful... Warring. I mean, <laughs> and a, a misogynist to boot. He's not a... I mean, he, that God requires his followers to offer up animals as sacrifices. He's told his right. followers to offer up their firstborn children. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. He has supposedly sacrificed his own son in the most satanic and brutal way. And Christians are out there, right. you know hanging symbols of human sacrifice, which, by the way, is satanic, folks, human sacrifice mm-hmm. around their necks and over their beds and in their windows and shit. And they're also, <laughs> they're also mm-hmm. drinking mm-hmm. 
symbolically what? drinking the blood and eating the body parts of a sacrificed being, which is satanic. That's right. This is, you know, the, the Christians are involved in symbolically doing it. The Jews are have a big-time history of human sacrifice because of the deity that they're worshiping, which is the father of the Bible. That's right. That same deity requires his followers to cut off the most sensitive part of their baby boy's penis in order to create a covenant with him. Yes. Now, the foreskin is incredibly important for that male to be able to have the proper neurological and the proper neurochemicals to bond and love Mm. with Mm. the partners that he puts his penis in their vagina, okay? That foreskin has incredible functions for human love and human bonding, and it's been cut off in the United States and in Israel. In Europe, most men are intact. But in the United States, the foreskin has been removed, which means the male capacity to to experience the fullness of human love has been severely cut off. And men who are circumcised, who've had that important piece cut off, have a much higher rate of of, uh, HIV, even though the medical profession is saying the opposite. They have personality trait problems, defects, because they have a problem trusting anybody because of the amount of trauma that's been inflicted. These little babies are strapped down to a board. Their arms and their legs are strapped down so they can't move when these sadists, without anesthesia, will clamp their penis and for five or ten minutes cut off the most sensitive part of their penis. They're being sexually tortured Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're eight days old, and parents are handing their babies over for this. Yes, and they're doing it willingly. Yes. Janice, we have to leave it there. And do you know what? This is the subject, this is the kind of discussion that could go on for hours, days, weeks. And unfortunately, we do have to leave it there and leave it on a sad note too. But it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and having the opportunity to raise these kinds of issues to the consciousness of the people. And we bless you in your work. So let me just do a very, very quick recap on what we've covered today. We talked about discovery shock and what that was and its impact on people's lives today and how it in a way is responsible for all of the physical, psychological, emotional and spiritual issues that people are encountering. And we talked about abortion, we talked about planned parenthood, the use of condoms. We talked about the aborted fetal tissues that going into foods and vaccines and uh, fertility treatments, birth defects. You went into great detail about this whole satanic matrix that we're in. We talked about post-traumatic stress and then the fixes that you suggest in terms of the Japanese energy treatment, Jinshin and Watsu therapy. And also how many, many people do love the process of rebirthing, but you you gave some cautions around it, how it can re-traumatize, so be careful about it. You talked about the whole issue with the, the treatment in hospitals and the use of epidurals and pitocin. And then just in the last few moments there, you talked about that whole Christian sacrifice business and... Uh, don't get me started on that one because you know I was going to be a a Catholic priest at one point in time thank God I was saved from that 
the whole trauma of circumcision. And, you know, unfortunately, we do have to say thank you and goodbye for this period. But we will certainly bring you back because we do need to go into more detail about these subjects and we do need to put this out there in a bigger, bigger way so that more and more people get this message. Do you want to give us some little closing statement before you go? My website is uh, birthofanewearth.com. My blog is birthofanewearth.blogspot.com. My radio show airs on Revolution Radio every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern at freedomslips.com. So, uh, yeah, check it out on my website. You'll see a link to my radio show. We've got great guests on my radio show. And I thank you guys so much for having me on and for allowing your listeners to get this information. It's so important. Angel Rose. Thank you, Janice. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Denise. We will definitely have you on again soon. I'll be contacting you, okay? Okay. We have to leave it at that. God bless you, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu.